Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Beer Nuts, a weekly excursion into the world of craft beer. Brought to you by MichiganBeerGuide.com. And now, here are the Beer Nuts. All right. Happy New Year. Well, to you. For us, it's a little bit ahead of time. Bring you behind the curtain a little bit, but it is the new year. So do a little something different today with me as always. I'm Chris JR from MichiganBeerGuide.com. Happy New Year. Uncle Pete. Happy New Year, everybody. Dug out. Happy New Year. All right. So, JR, different show today. What's going on? Well, we just figured uh, we'd kick off the new year and uh, just kick back a little bit to start off uh, by switching things up a little bit. So, we're going to call this week's and next week's episodes Mix Nuts, where all the beer nuts are going to uh, reflect on the year. And we're, we picked out some of our favorite beers. Um, and there's not going to be any one style. We're just going to go all over the board. And, uh, and as you'll see, uh, you'll find that the beer nuts really like the darker beers more. But anyway, so we're just going to have some fun, man. And uh, as we always say, we're just regular guys just kicking back, having some beers. And today we're really going to let it hang out. We're going to ad lib. We're just going to tell stories. We're going to talk about trends and what's happening in, in the craft beer and uh, just have some fun. To start off the show, we always do a quote. And tonight we're going to do a couple quotes because well, one of my favorite all-time TV shows is a show called Cheers, which... Uh, it was a legendary bar show about uh, the regulars at a bar up in Boston, and uh, it's just a great show that uh, I always enjoyed watching. And, uh, that was a great show. The Bull and Finch Pub, and I never ma- I was in Boston for like a year and a half for work. I never made it there. I have been there. I've it's been a couple kind times. Kind of a tourist trap. It's not like the real cheers, but... Yeah, it's a letdown. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody well, the outside's the same. But ah, I gotcha. Anybody that's ever had been a regular at a bar or host has a, a, a favorite watering hole and uh, where everybody knows your name, that's your cheers. And I think we've all had one at some point in our life, or maybe we have one now. I know yeah, the yep. cafe would be that bar for me. So, so anyway, here's some uh, famous quotes from the show, and uh, Uncle Pete's going to play the part of Woody the bartender, and I'm going to play the part of the beer sucking Norm, the regular. At the bar. So go ahead, uh, get, uh, Woody. I get to play Woody. All right. All right. Our first quote. Could I draw you a beer, Norm? No, I know what they look like. Just pour me one. How's a beer sound, Norm? I don't know. I usually finish them before they get a word in. What's shaking, Norm? All four cheeks and a couple of chins. What would you say to a nice beard, Normie? Going down. All right. This concludes Beer Nuts Theater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the problem I have is my beer is empty. So we're going to kick off the show this week with one of Dugout's favorite beers. So I'm going to just turn this over to him. Well, before I say any more comments about the show, Cheers, I guess we've already kind of introduced. Any, anybody had a favorite character or a favorite episode? Or? Well, mine is, mine is Norm, because in real life, I've met Norm and had a few beers with him at the Celtic Crossing Bar in Chicago. Oh, George Went. Oh. Yep. Is he really That's from Chicago? He is, yes. He's, uh, from, he's from the south side in a neighborhood called Beverly. So the Bears is not an act? No. 
Does uh, George enjoy beer as much as uh, Norm does? Well, he does. I think it's kind of difficult for him to get out because just a short time I was sitting next to him, probably six or seven people offered to buy him a beer. Um, That's not a terrible problem. Yeah, that's the worst problem in the world. (laughs) I always liked Sam because I'm a sports fan, and he was kind of like the dumb jock uh, owner of the bar, and uh, I just liked his character. I like like Cliff Clavin, the postman. Yeah. He had that one time where he did the Buffalo Theory, right? He talked about... uh, how the herd of buffalo can only move as fast as the slowest buffalo, and it's the slowest and weakened ones, weakest ones at the back of the herd that are killed first. And, and he gets into talking about natural selection, and because the speed and the health of the whole group keeps improving by the regular killing of weakest members, and he compares it to much the same way the human brain can only operate as fast as the slowest brain cells. And so, as we know, excessive intake of alcohol kills brain cells, but naturally attacks the slowest and weakest brain cells first. And so this way, regular consumption of beer eliminates the weaker brain cells, <laughs> making the brain a faster and more efficient machine. And that is why you always feel smarter after a few beers. I like it. <laughs> That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Makes me feel a little bit better about all the beers we're going to drink tonight. That was a great show, and I still like to watch reruns of it on occasion. So anybody that hasn't seen it, sure you can uh, get it on uh, Nick at Night or one of those channels. Or Hulu, or it's the internet. It's everywhere. Yes, it is. So now, without further ado, I am parched, so... Doug out, how about that first beer? All right, first thing we are sampling here is from Shorts Brewing Company out of Bel Air, Michigan. And this is one of my favorite IPAs of all time. Definitely in my top five. And it could be my top IPA. It's uh, called Huma Lupo Licious. Oh, I like the sounds of that. It's a, it's a hophead's dream. It's got a beautiful bite to it right from the start. And you get a nice hop aroma off off the first sniff. Oh, it's beautiful. Appearance, it's uh, it's it's gold, but it's got some haze to it. And I do believe that haze comes from the wheat wheat malt that's used in it. Taste, it's um, it's a hop bomb. It's got a great bite, amarillo and citra hops in it. Rather than talk about this one ad nauseum, I like to sit and enjoy them. And I'm very interested to hear what you guys think because my passion's with this beer. I've uh, first found it when I moved to Michigan a few years ago. It's probably the most purchased beer at my house. Easily a good two or three six packs a week on this stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's one of Short's you know top sellers, if not the top seller. The name Hoopa Loopa Licious comes from the name of the hop vine. Yes, Humulus lupulus. I think that must be a Latin term or something. But uh, quite a quite a big bold pack of hops coming through, man, both in the aroma and in the taste. I love it. Yeah, I like to read the labels, as you guys know, and it's short and sweet and it's really a great testament to the beer. It says, a complex malt and hop theme park in your mouth. You know, one thing about this beer, you can only buy it in the state of Michigan because the, there's no distribution uh, outside of the state. So as people in Wisconsin have, like New Glarus, which is only in Wisconsin, this is kind of our... As Michigan Michiganders, this is uh, kind of our, our home state beer, and we're very fortunate because uh, Shorts really knows what they're doing, and, and it's always nice that they have new releases every few weeks throughout the year. But this is uh, one of their mainstays, and it's a, it's a solid go-to. A little story I have is this summer, my dad's 75th birthday party, I traveled to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I 
brought a uh, variety pack of shorts with me, and I think a six-pack of Uva. A couple things that I knew that they couldn't get down that way. Just uh, everybody always enjoys trying beers from other places. And two people at my dad's party knew what Huma was, and as soon as they saw it, their eyes lit up, and they uh, needless to say, the beer was gone in a flash. You were a hero. But what was really good is the guy that knew about it started telling everybody else at the party, oh, you got to try this great beer. It's one of the, my favorite beers I've ever had. And turns out the guy used to live in Michigan and knew about it. And so uh, even though it's only available in Michigan, its legend has gone far beyond our borders. So Doug had a great choice, and I knew it was a natural. And uh, you picked this beer, I knew that you would be excited to tell our our listeners about it well yeah it's, it's it's as big as the day is long it's a 7.7 percent and it's at a whopping 96 ibus that's fantastic i love it chris i know that you generally aren't the big ipa hop guy but uh you're unbiased uh honest it's hoppy it sure is i'll give it that is it uh i mean i mean i'm growing happy for your your well, I mean, uh, liking as, as the shows go on i'm i'm I guess my palate's becoming more trained towards the IPAs of the hoppier beers. I, I'm not going to say I'm not a fan, but I'm not going to say I'm a fan. I'm, I'm coming around, I guess you could say. Coming around, but you're not going out to buy a six-pack of this anytime soon. Correct. Gotcha. Okay, well, yeah, I want you to be honest because you know, there's no right or wrong with beer. We preach that every like, week. I'm not running the other way now from the IPAs. We'll put it that way. Excellent. You're a good uh, You're a good student, and you are progressing rapidly. Well, i got to keep up with you gentlemen. So That, that can be a tough task. Yeah. <laughs> Since we got Professor Beer, you know, with us now too, uh, we might have to start introducing you to uh, Milk Thistle. Does anyone know what Milk Thistle is? I don't like the sound of that. Milk Thistle is a uh, supplement, like a vitamin supplement. You get the health food store and uh, any where any vitamins and health uh, supplements are. It's supposed to help your liver maintain a healthy liver. Years ago, when I started in the spirits business, I was told that hey, if you're going to be drinking a lot, uh, you know, in this line of work. It would behoove you to take this supplement uh, on a daily basis. And I have been taking it on and off for about 20 years. And I'm still here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, hey, it can't hurt you. But I, I, don't know what, I don't know whether it's, you know, something that would be more of a wives' tale or something. That, uh, you know, those things they always have. The FDA does not has not approved this for this or whatever. But um, many people in the industry swear by it. The way I see it is it can't hurt anything I can do to help that liver along because it, it's working overtime. Yeah, yeah. That that liver is bad and must be punished. I have <laughs> now I have the organ donor on my uh, driver's license, but I certainly hope. I wish I could say, disclaimer, please. Uh, Fit liver crossed off. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think my li- my liver is like the lions; it just can't win. Oh, let's. Oh, ooh, bada bing. <laughs> I stayed up late to watch that. We all did. Uh, our listeners are in next year, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. We're talking about a game that was a month ago. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but it's fresh in our memories because we are recording just the day after the Green Bay Packers Hail Mary debacle. Which... Who knows? By now, maybe everyone in the NFC lost for the rest of the year, and the Lions won every game, and they won the division with 8-8. Eight and eight. We're in the playoffs right now. Hang in there, Chris. It can happen. Yeah, we can dream. <laughs> you guys sound like me talking to the younger guys at work because they're so full and optimistic. I'm like, listen, guys, I've seen at least five to ten more years of losing than you have. Trust me. Well, I sounded about like you Lions, at your age. As the game was progressing, I was on social media, and it was, I got the sense that everyone expected that to happen. 
I, it, it's oh. funny. I did too. And I turned it on. I was like seventeen nothing. I was gonna watch the first half, and I was like, I'll turn it on. I'll watch them lose. And son of a bitch, if they didn't actually do it right at the last second, they are they are masters at breaking hearts. Well, you're from Chicago, man. You've at least got a. I've been through the losing ways as well. <laughs> yeah, but you've been <laughs> probably not as bad. You've been to the Super Bowl twice in the last thirty years, and you won one of them. Won one of them. <laughs> yeah, the '85. We've been to none of them. And well, I'm none of them. I'm a long-suffering Philadelphia Eagles fan, so no rings for me, but I, I have two Super Bowl losses. Hey, we have the same so, record. Yeah, no no rings, but... Hey, you've hey, been there. The, the thing about us is uh, we won in 1960. You last won a title in 57, so we're, we're just a, a slight cut above... Alliance, but, but did they have like, craft beer at the at the football field? Uh, yes, like they do today. Uh, in 1960, I'm just steering this back to the beer. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> okay, reeling it in. <laughs> Speaking of drink local, our next beer is a local, and uh, I'd like Uncle Pete to introduce this one. It's pretty close to home here. Right. Uh, this is called Rye Clops from Arbor Brewing Company here in Michigan. A rye IPA typically means that it's going to have a, a mix of rye grain in the uh, recipe and that's going to give it some different character. But I would like to preface this with I, I haven't tasted it yet, but I'm going to suggest that it's possible that it could be fairly close to the Humalupalicious that we just had. It's an imperial rye IPA 7.7% alcohol and 70 IBUs on the bitterness so uh, usually comes out in the early summer late spring and let's just have a look at it it's got a little darker uh, copper uh, orangish color compared to the hoopaloopalicious we just had also has that hazy uh, kind of a look but uh, not not totally uh, cloudy a nice white head on it and the aroma is very much Kind of a fruity, hoppy, uh, malty combination. This is a single hop brew with uh, Simcoe hops only. So let's take a taste. Wow, very full-bodied, a nice maltiness, and a, and a nice spicy, kind of a fruity, very dry finish uh, on the hops. Not too boozy to me, but it's not overly um, complex in terms of the hops. As I mentioned, it is a single hop with uh, Simcoe. So overall, I like it. It's It's got a different character than the Humalupalicious. I would think if this was fresh and right out of the tap, might have some different characteristic, but this is probably a little, it's probably been around for a little while now. Not complaining. Very good beer. How about you guys? What do you think? Well, I would agree. Uh, I like the spiciness of the rye, but I think, you know, as you said, I think this comes out this is the wrong time of year for this. Um, actually, the story behind this is we were going to do a rye uh, episode, and Dugout and I picked out a few beers, and when we went to go buy rye beers, we discovered that this isn't the time of year for rye beers. We bought a couple already, and we just figured, yeah, we'll throw them in this episode and just see what they taste like. I think it would be really a, a great beer when it's got nice fresh hops in this, but, uh, you know... It's more malty than it should be because the hops have faded, but there's a nice spicy rye, and like I said, instead of the uh, hoppy, fresh hoppy, uh, pungent aroma, you're getting uh, more of a malty. Agreed, agreed very much, yeah. What do you think, Doug? I agree with you guys 100%. Wondering if my bottle's maybe even older than yours. The the hops have kind of completely fallen off of this, and I've had this fresh before at Arbor Brewing itself, and it was a very enjoyable beer. But that being said, I think the spice in the rye is, is really great. I love what they do with the mash on this beer. Overall, I'd like to try this again once it's back out in the spring. Yeah, I think we'll wait till the spring when the rye beers are in season, and then we'll do an episode on 
some rye beers. But it really isn't that bad uh, as it is. No, make no make no mistake though. Just like the Humalupa, this isn't for the uh, the faint of heart when it comes to hoppiness. And if you're just getting started and think you want to try a hoppy beer, you're you're going to be going towards the high end of the scale with this kind of a beer right here. How about you, uh, Chris? What's going yeah, on here? I say the 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 aroma is a lot mellower. It, it, you don't get hit with the hops like you did with the the first one, the Humalupalicious. I taste more rye than anything in this one. So me not knowing what this is supposed to taste like, I mean, I I, I guess this is good. I like it, but appa- but apparently uh, we need a, we need a better batch here from what I'm gathering from you guys. Well, Chris, since you're not really a big hop head, uh, this might actually work for you because that uh, that real pungent hoppy taste that kind of scared you away, or at least used to make you run away, is is gone. So. Mm-hmm. In your case, this may actually make it more palatable for you. So, I mean, it's still there in the aftertaste, but I mean, still, it's it's a lot mellower than the first beer. So, as we finish these, do we want to move into another one, or do we want to move on to a topic? How's everybody's uh, beer doing? Mine's mine's empty. Mine's empty too. So let's uh, let's crack our next one because uh, the next one is Chris's selection. So what we did for mixed nuts, we picked out a bunch of beers and we saved uh, one for this episode and one for the next episode. We said, Chris, we'd like you to pick pick something out that you enjoy. So we're going to turn it over to Chris to introduce his beer. Well, these these weren't even things that I enjoyed. These were beers that I wanted to try that we have not reviewed yet. That's, okay. that, that's purely how I picked. And I picked, I'm, I'm learning I'm a fan of the darker beers, the porters, the stouts. I picked Great Lakes Brewing Company's Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. And, uh, I, well, I, I want you guys to go around first because I, I, I tried a bottle earlier today. I already kind of have an opinion on this, but I want you guys to go around first. <laughs> All right. Who wants to start with Eddie Fitz? Well, I can give this a go. Um, it's a great. Um, great name for a beer, uh, just given that there was an anniversary of the sinking of the ship. Yes, just um, a couple months ago. Yeah, and wasn't it a significant one? Yes, wasn't it forty years? Forty years. Wow. Right. But I get a um, kind of a bit of a roasted malt nose on it. It's not much of a head to it. Uh, it's pretty much dissipated off. Very dark. The light gets through it, but the stuff is quite dark. And the yeah, first tip I get off of this is a really great roasted malt flavor. Um, on the mouthfeel, it's a, it's a little thin, but that's pretty much a, a, a style of what a porter should be is is exactly what this is this is old school craft beer i mean this came out in the i believe the late 80s and, and they've been putting this beer out since so obviously they're doing something right marcel yes how many bottles do you think gordon lightfoot's selling for him though really like i don't know few. maybe maybe their beer selling gordon lightfoot's album ah. or vice versa <laughs> symbiotic relationship yeah. When I first moved to Michigan, this was the first beer I had. I walked into a bar and they had Edmund Fitzgerald on tap and I was like, Yeah, let me try that. I never had that. Such a tourist thing to do. But hey, it's your first you guy. Know what? It was uh it was fantastic and I've I've enjoyed it ever since. The roasted mall, it's like the classic porter. Doug's dugout said his head dissipated. We had a pretty good uh healthy head on the bottle that we have here. It's just got a beautiful bronze color, very dark, uh, but you can see through it, but very uh, dark copper, very nice appearance. You got that roasted 
malty aroma, and then, as you would predict, it, it hits you right away on the tongue. And after that rye beer, it, it took a few sips to really uh, settle in. I really love the aroma. Really nice uh, finish, nice uh, nice finishing taste to it that lingers a little bit and leaves you wanting to come back for more. So it's a solid beer, Great Lakes Brewing in Cleveland, right on Lake Erie. Makes some really good beers, and this is probably one of their great staples that I would always uh, highly recommend, if you're, especially if you see it on tap. It's just a fantastic porter. Great selection, Chris. Very good selection. It's got a nice uh, chocolate and coffee roastiness. I love the whole connection with, you know, a part of our history here in the state of Michigan. The Great Lakes freighters, these ships that ply the Great Lakes with uh, iron ore for the steel factories. If you haven't seen one up close and personal, they're very impressive. They get up to over a thousand feet long. They're gigantic. They're just huge, and they're very impressive. I got to go up in the UP this summer up to Whitefish Point to the Great Lakes Maritime Museum, and they do maintain the bell, the ship's bell from the Edmund Fitzgerald that they did retrieve from the bottom of Lake Superior. I heard they were on. 29 times. Yeah. I'm happy to say I was there uh, within the last year, too, and I remember going into the gift shop there, and they got the song playing, and they got a uh, you know projector on the wall with the story of the Edmund Fitzgerald. A lot of history there that I didn't know, and having not grown up in Michigan, but now I'm up on it, on it all, and it's really a, a fun place to be up at Whitefish Point, the Shipwreck Museum. Yeah, I've also found that kind of stuff fascinating. I should probably get up there at some point. The there are breweries north. there to visit as well. This is what I hear. <laughs> and we'll find them. There's an app for that, you know. There's an app for everything. There is an app that's called like a brewery finder. I have it on my phone. Whenever I go traveling, I put it. I just. I don't know, need like, one. I can just. I can, can just put like sniff a 10, minute, 10 mile radius, and it's got like a little radar sonar thing that. Doug just uses his nose. <laughs> Okay, Doug. Well, the next time I take a road trip, I guess you got to go along. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, we might have to do a uh, beer nuts visits the UP. Uh, Beercation. Oh, do they have uh, girls gone wild? We'll have beer nuts gone wild. No, no, I'm leaving my shirt on. Yeah, leave the clothes on, guys. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Great. <laughs> All righty then. Well, a uh, great selection, Chris. Uh, you very impressive. Very impressive. Well, I can tell you, I was. I like the taste of this beer. I like the aroma of this beer. I did not like the carbonation, and I thought it seemed a little thin from what I've come to expect from a porter. But maybe I haven't hit the founders a little too much with the porters. But like those are the those are the two things that kind of let me down with this one. But I said I like the taste, the smell. But like I said, the it seemed a little too fizzy and a little too thin for my tastes, at well, least for what I'm coming to know of porters. Well, file it away in your book of porters up there in your brain cells. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right. It is right in there in the porter category, and it has been an award winner. So. Over the course of time, as you're getting more familiar with these styles, I think you'll start to recognize and maybe your expectations will, will adjust as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when in doubt, specifically with his styles, it's always good to sort of go back to the source or sources and pick up a, a little bit of Fuller's London English Porter, do a little side-by-side on those. You know, we did a lot of talking about Stone in previous episodes and a lot of the good beers that they have. The first time I tasted Soko Vesa from Stone was about a year ago, and uh, one of our one of our beer buddies turned me on to it, and it's it's the kind of beer that I like to brew. Actually, my home brew right now is very similar to this, but this is a stout brewed with cocoa, coffee, peppers, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Sounds so delicious. Yeah, doesn't it sound like a whole meal in itself? 
says right here on the label it's for the holidays and the new year. Certainly the marketing group at Stone is definitely wanting to push this for some Christmas and New Year's celebrations. It just came out a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's fresh. This is the kind of beer, this stout with all these flavors, it, it would do well to, to age if you so desired. But it is also good fresh. So just looking at it, it's dark as molasses. I can't really see through it. It's got a nice tan head on it. It's sustaining very well. Rocking it around a little bit. It's it's got a slight bit of lacing. Oh, the aroma is just uh, full of cinnamon and nutmeg, coffee, all of those good things that we talked about, some chocolate, and just taking taste. I can imagine it's going to taste just the same as it smells. Yeah, this is nice, uh, creamy. I get hit oh, by wow. the cinnamon right away. Yeah, wow. Wow is right. <laughs> so I won't elaborate much more. I'll let you guys uh, take off, Chris, if you want to make some comments. Wow, I just tasted that. There's a lot going on there. I'm getting the coffee. I'm getting the the cinnamon. It's like a sugar cinnamon too. It's not like a cinnamon that's not sweetened, like, the, like bitter that cinnamon challenge. Yeah. yeah, kind of cinnamon. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting some nutmeg. Yeah, I'm getting the nutmeg. Well, this, I mean, this is. I, I can see where they say it's for the holidays. This this definitely seems like uh, Doug. You refer to a beer you can chew. This seems to be in that category. I'm sure Doug or John probably knows some of the background on how this beer came to be. Yeah, I've got their website up and. Uh, I had some of this last year. It tastes different this year. It tastes a lot more cinnamon to me, um, and that may be because it's fresh. Uh, this was a uh, homebrew contest winner. Uh, right, so an average guy, right? An average homebrewer guy, just like us. Yeah, well, Robert De Habanero could be the next one. Oh, man. Where's Stone out of? Uh, California. Escondido, California, Escondido. Southern California. And I'm going to read from their website just a little bit, a uh, little blurb on this beer. It says Stone Zoka Visa for the holidays and the new year. It's appropriate for this show. It says our chocolatey winter spice mocha stout is back. This insanely delicious take on Mexican hot chocolate is crafted with cocoa, coffee, pasilla peppers, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. First brewed in 2014 with San Diego home brewer Chris Banker after his recipe was named the winner of our annual homebrew competition. It quickly became a cross-country sensation as craft beer media and fans cheered for Stone's Okavisa and clamored for more. We too loved this beer, so of course we caroled Claro KC. Now gifted with a new name, Stone Zocovisa for the holidays and the new year has joined our eminent lineup of special releases. We're releasing it just in time for that time of the year when the joyous spirit of giving is in the air and good behavior is generously rewarded. Available in limited 12-ounce six-packs and draft, it's a milk stout, 8.1% alcohol, and 50 IBUs, brewed with Eng- English Challenger and English East Kent Golden Hops. So there you have it. Uh, the, the Mitch Steele is the brewmaster of Stone. He actually has his ratings on here. Appearance, pours black with a thick brown head. Aroma of intense cinnamon, cocoa, and coffee are followed by nutmeg and peppers. As the beer warms up, the flavor combinations evolve and the cocoa and vanilla notes really start to open up. Taste, cocoa and cinnamon are at the forefront. The coffee, nutmeg, and vanilla follow and the fruitiness and heat of the pasilla peppers come through nicely on the finish. Palate, full-bodied and very smooth with a light bitterness. The sweetness adds a lot to this beer without being too syrupy. Overall, when we first brewed this beer in 2014, I think everyone on the brewing team was blown away by its multiple layers of flavor. The inspiration came from Mexican hot chocolate combined with coffee. We loved how wonderfully this beer showcases the spices, cocoa, and subtle coffee roast flavors. So much that we were excited to bring it back as an annual Stone special release. The only thing I'd have to say is... uh. 
my hat, my hat's off to that home brewer that, that created this. Multiple layers of flavor, pretty mu- de- definitely hits it on the head with this one. I'll tell you, the two things I don't get are the cocoa and the vanilla. I've tasted everything else. Cocoa and vanilla, not so much. That's Personally, uh, my experience with vanilla is it can really help to bring out the other flavors and, and the sweetness and amplify all that good stuff and give a nice creamy mouthfeel. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, Pete. You know, with when it comes to vanilla and beer, most times less is more. Right. I can remember, I'm not going to name the beer, uh, it was a vanilla porter, <laughs> and um, wow, too much vanilla. You know, it just kind of ruined the whole experience. But this this beer in particular is, and this year's version in particular, I think, is a little more. I'm getting a lot more cinnamon than than I can remember from the from the batch last year. Now, good thing about it this year is it is available in six packs and it is available in bombers. Last year you could only get a 22 ounce bomber. Boy, I did my fair share on those. It was. But here's the great thing, I think, with the 12-ounce packages. It's a great share. It's a nice nightcap beer. It's not something I, I really feel like I'd want to drink it all night. But if I were having a piece of, like, say, uh, flourless yeah, chocolate like, cake, yeah, this, seems this like would just be like... Drink with dessert. This would be like the equivalent of throwing a scoop of ice cream on that piece of cake. You know? That's right. I can envision that happening uh, for Christmas dinner this year. No problem. Well, and I do have some stashed away especially for that purpose. When I lived in Las Vegas, there's a, a large Latino Mexican population there, and one of the really? things I discovered don't, you don't say. was a, uh, a drink there called horchata, <laughs> which is kind of a milky drink with... Uh, it's rice milk. Yeah, yes. rice milk, and it, it's got lots of cinnamon in it, and that's kind of what this reminds me of, and you know, then you add in the peppers, and you know, uh, mix. Mexico has uh, good chocolate and, and pepper. Uh, you know, it, it definitely has got all that Mexican. And, you know, there's a lot of other beers like, uh, you know, Braxis and stuff that have that Mexican. It's a great mix. It's one of my favorite styles of, of beer. Now, this is a little bit more cinnamony, more uh, something that, you know, like a holiday. And that's okay because uh, it, they even actually have identified it with the holidays now. There are some others that I think are more subtle, cinnamon, more subtle, you know, maybe uh, more year-round beers. I absolutely am thrilled that this beer is out again. I was away when it was released, and I had kind of a FOMO moment where I was thought I was going to be missing out. Fear of missing out. But <laughs> no, I, I think through. they put out plenty this year. I went to my local store, and there were still several cases left, so I got my six-pack of it, and I'm really happy that I got it. It's that time of year to enjoy something like this. I'm going to track this down and bring this over on Christmas. But I do know, uh, just like I knew with Dugout would be the guy for Huma, Uncle Pete is the guy for this because he's always expressed a, a great joy of uh, enjoying this beer. So. Yeah, I'm really pleased I got introduced to it last year by my good friend, uh, Mr. Revels. I, I'm anxious to put this up on a vertical next to my Robert de Habanero stout, uh, which I did a milk stout version of this year, homebrew. And uh, I also have peppers, I have chocolate, and I have vanilla. And I did do a version of it with cinnamon. So I'm very uh, looking forward to putting these side by side, and, and maybe I can learn a little bit from the masters. You're making my uh, mouth water there, Pete, with those descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> when I tasted the cinnamon version of mine as it went into the bottle for bottling, I thought that my cinnamon was a little strong on the cinnamon versus uh, this one where I get the sugary sweetness with the cinnamon. That may be a learning point for me is how do I capture that sugar-cinnamon mix that I like so much versus just the cinnamon 
Great brew, great brew. Soka Vesa, is there a meaning to that? Has anybody ever heard of that? Or I bet our friend Google might be able to tell us. <laughs> he knows everything. Soka Vesa. We could always ask Siri, too. It's almost like loco in la cabeza. I, I'm not going to try Siri. Soka Vesa makes me loco in la cabeza. So this, uh, this episode is being taped the week after Black Friday. So I know it's the new year for everybody, and this will be well in the rearview mirror. But <laughs> let's talk about uh, a month ago. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure everybody still is always interested in to hear any, anything about the COVID in Bourbon County. A little bit of controversy since they are owned by the AB InBev Empire. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, you make a good beer, and the consumer is going to respond. And there are still there are some diehards out there that won't patronize AB InBev. Um, uh, I don't think any of us are the, those people, though, because Bourbon County is that good. And I think some of the other Goose Island beers, frankly, have uh, suffered in quality since the takeover. But certainly Bourbon County, they, they appear to have uh, allowed the brewers to flourish uh, with additional resources. Because uh, my experience, there were a lot of, a lot of Bourbon County available this year. They did uh, switch to a different package from 12-ounce bottles and four-packs to 16.9-ounce singles, which is an imperial pint. Um, I, with very little effort, went to only three, three, four stores. I was able to pick up a pretty good supply, uh, not really quantity, more than, uh, but I did get a, a bottle or two of the rare which doesn't seem to be as rare as it once was, but at sixty dollars a bottle, it's a profit maker for the company. I mean, they got uh, commercials on YouTube now for Bourbon County. My dad sent me a commercial uh, to share with you guys, and I'm like, he's like oh, "Thanks, Dad," but I'm sure that you guys have seen it. But it's I haven't seen it. No, actually, if, uh, if you can pull it up and play the audio, you can listen yeah. to it. But. And I can tell you too. Uh, one thing I've learned about Goose Island is apparently they don't sell anything else but their IPA. Because I see it, and all you see when I go into stores, all I see is Goose Island IPA. I want to try other things, and that's all that stores seem to carry. We, we did do that in our pale ale session. Yes. Well, and it's interesting that they've uh, gone away more than one time from their flagships. Uh, their original flagship brand was Honker's Ale. It was an English-style ale. It was quite good. Then they came out with a 312 wheat and that was a uh, quite a hit for him and so now what you're seeing is line extensions on that 312 wheat so you're seeing 312 IPA um, or the 312 pale ale I'm sorry it's just uh sort of interesting the way they sort of flop around when it comes to their mainstream brands but yet when they put their brewing knowledge into it come out with things like bourbon county and uh the barley wine and bourbon county rare bourbon county coffee and every single one of those just blows you away i don't know it just seems like an enigma they're they're an enigma to me some people forget what got them where they are you know what uh at the end of the day the the quality of the product is going to you know it's going to stand or or flop on its own and quality is still tip top i mean i i tried many of these beers i have not tasted the rare but i have friends that went to rare day and did get to try it because they won a lottery and went yeah i mean uh everybody's very impressed uh i think the the beer is now uh more readily available than in previous years i think they have ramped up the production so they make more so maybe like for instance the rare this year's rare was i think what they found some casts of whiskey that were 35 years aged I, I you know i haven't tasted it yet but i've heard very good reviews from personal friends that have 
tasted it and recommended it to me. So, you know, uh, yeah, uh, the downside is maybe, you know, the marketing is different and the sizes are different and it's probably more profitable for the company. But the plus side is with more resources at their disposal, the brewers are able to make larger quantities and get more of this and more people's uh, pallets. So take the good with the bad and uh, I'm happy that I got some. What are some of the other uh, Black Friday releases, John? Oh, uh, well, uh, one of the ones that was big here in Michigan was a brewery-only release for uh, Odd Side Ales had their hipster brunch, and uh, there was some controversy because the brewery had a uh, kind of a different way of releasing it. It was a no-limit release, and there were stories about uh, lots of guys uh, leaving the brewery with like 10, 20, 30 cases. But you know what? It's uh, They sold out, I think it was... 800 or 8,000 cases, I think 800 cases. 800 cases in uh, one day by 4 p.m., they were sold out. They got their beer out. That's what they wanted and it was to do, right? Friday. I had actually planned to go, but I found somebody that was going, and since there was no limit, that person uh, said they would pick me up a few cases, so I have some, and oh, man, I was able like to share some oil. with out yes. and the feet, and here we are. So we're going to try Hipster Brunch. Uh, Hipster Brunch Stout is by Odd Side Ales in Grand David, Michigan, in the western part of the state along uh, Lake Michigan. It is a stout aged in bourbon barrels with coffee, maple syrup, and bacon added. Oh. It's Hipster Brunch. This particular oh, bottle is... Well, everything goes better with bacon, doesn't uh, it? Bottled on November 18th. Oh, 15th, my God. So two weeks ago, and it was just released last Friday at the brewery one week ago. It is fresh. Of course, it's 2016 on our broadcast. But Well, talk about a whale. <laughs> uh, and they had actually forecasted, they did, they did a brewery-only release last year, and uh, there was still beer like a week or two later available, and they sent some to distribution and distributors. So we were able to get single bottles in the stores around here. Uh, but the demand, uh, the beer was so well-received last year, and the word got out that, so they sold everything they had on Black Friday, and now there will be no distribution in stores, which is uh, upsetting a lot of craft beer people that really wanted to get this. So there's a kind of an outcry that, oh, it should have been in the stores, and, you know, we got shut out. Well, everybody had the opportunity to drive there. If they couldn't drive there, if they knew somebody that was driving there, and that's just the way it was. Uh, the brewery is taking a little bit of a heat, heat for it, but at the end of the day, they made beer, they sold it all, and... Next year, I'm sure we'll make more beer, and they'll probably sell it all again. And if you don't like that you can't buy beer on the internet, vote, all right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know what? We're, we're here drinking it, so we did what we had to do to get it, and next year, uh, more people are going to be know that they just can't wait for it to come in the store because it's probably not going to have distribution. Well, it's so, definitely uh, brunch in a bottle. I mean, you got your bacon, you got your coffee, and you got your maple syrup. <laughs> It's a uh, and your bourbon. It's very Who doesn't high. like oh, bourbon, yes, bourbon with breakfast? <laughs> Come on <Yeah>. now. <laughs> it's football season. Dugout, you want to review this for us? Sure, sure. A lot Re- going on. Yeah, a lot going on in the spear. Multiple layers of flavor again. I mean, we can just go to the appearance side of things. And Christopher was pouring this into his glass, and he said it looked like motor oil. And I think that's that's a really good description, especially uh, motor oil that's maybe come out of a car that needed an oil change. It's very dark, black, and thick. It's got a nice head to it. When you taste, the first taste I get is the bourbon on the first sip. As I continue to sip and taste, I get some really good dark fruits coming out. I get that sweetness from the maple syrup, definitely. The coffee is in there, although the coffee is subtle. It's not an over-the-top coffee beer. I think we are going to review some more coffee beers in, in this episode, in the next episode. This doesn't strike me as being overly coffee. It 
is very complex. I think it's a great winter warmer. Definitely great with some holiday cheer, you know, sitting by the fire and sit, sipping this out of a snifter. Wow. Definitely a coffee with cream and sugar. I like the little smokiness of the bacon. I'm trying to find it. It's uh, it's at the end for me. It's uh, after you kind of, it lingers on the tongue, and then when you, about two seconds after you're done, you get a little smoky bacon. There's the, there's the maple in there. I still get some cinnamon out of it, too. It's alcoholic. I mean, I'm getting a alcoholic flash, you know, right off my tongue. Like if I was to breathe on that tattoo on my arm, I'd probably melt it right off. <laughs> well, it's one that I'm glad that uh, I was able to procure, given the state of uh, how, how it's now pretty much gone out of distribution. Nowhere to get it unless you know somebody. And I guess I gambled and won because I picked some of this up and I'm one of the few proud. Fortunately, my circle of friends, I share and even more so, fortunately, that the gentleman that picked it up shared because he picked up for more than one person and was very generous to make it available to people that were unable to travel that day. So let's do a cheers to our mule friends. Cheers to the mules. Cheers to the mules. Cheers to the mules. Well, it's delightful. I love it. I'm going to take Doug's advice, and I think I'll use this as a winter warmer this winter. Enjoy it when there's about 6 to 12 inches of snow on the ground, and I can look at it out the window. Well, and I know a couple of us have a couple extra bottles of this. There's definitely um, the other three of mine are going into the cellar. Definitely going to cellar some. I'm sure it'll age very well. I have one left from last year. I think I got two bottles last year. I drank one and I cellared one. So perhaps it uh, could be time for a, uh, a side-by-side and then put a, put a bunch away. I had a flash of lack of self-restraint last year, and <laughs> I drank all three bottles. Nothing wrong with that. You know what? I often have, uh, when I go down and see all the beer in my cellar and beer that should be in my cellar that's in other parts of the house, much to my <laughs> wife's chagrin, I always have that, what if I get hit by a bus tomorrow? I'll never get to drink that. Uh, I'll help come over and take care of the state. This is winter that when it snows, I'm going to hit that cellar hard. <laughs> the other part of that equation is I think I'm going to take a little... Uh, the month of January, I, my beer budget is zero. I think it's time to thin the herd. <laughs> <laughs> so time to put some money in the bank, thin the herd. I'm sure there will be something will come out. That so I'll a party in January? Does your wife know about this yet? Uh, well, we always have the, the not Christmas party with our uh, Brewers Guild. Oh, the that's right. Brewers that's a Guild. great party. So uh, maybe we will just uh, have to, even though it's for a homebrew club, so we should be Focusing on homebrew, that doesn't mean I can't bring some of uh, my many treasures. So you made a clone. Exactly. <laughs> so here's the clone and here's the real That's one. That's bad. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, never. <laughs> Bada bing. <laughs> you take an oath of ethics with uh, homebrewing. Well, that certainly was a treat to have that, but it is very strong. And uh, we are going to have one of the sweetest beers that I've ever had coming up. And Uncle Pete is going to bring us through this because it was his choice. Uh, this is a brewery I have visited, but I don't want to steal the show from Uncle Pete, so I'm going to let him introduce this beer. But some people call it diabetes because it is very sweet. Meant to be drank, it comes in a bomber. Without further ado, I will allow Uncle Pete to reveal our final beer of this segment. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to talk about it for a moment until I finish this other beer. But uh, we talked about vanilla beans uh, not too long ago, a few minutes ago. And uh, this stout is definitely brewed with uh, vanilla beans and uh, dark caramel malt. 
lactose sugar, which means when you brew with lactose sugar, that means it's like a milk stout. Lactose is a non-fermentable sugar, and so that's going to lend a lot of sweetness and body mouthfeel to the beer, just from the technical side of things. Uses Columbus and Horizon hops. You know, I think it's going to be creamy, full-bodied. It's going to be like uh, almost like an ice cream treat. It's a called creme brulee, and as we all know, the creme brulee with your caramelized sugar on top of your on top of your dessert, top of your custard, very much uh, proper to serve this in a snifter, and you know, in the mid to high 40s, and even let it warm up into the 50s and approaching 60 degrees, you're going to really enjoy how this opens up. So, John, I'll let you talk about the uh, appearance and the aromas and such until I get ready to have a taste myself. Well, it's it's coal black. You can't see through it. It's, uh, like I said, it's very sweet, but it's not cloying. It's a, it's a pleasant. It's actually a, a, one of my favorite beers. It's, it's, it's lovely. If there's one criticism on this beer is it's almost so sweet that it's a shame that it comes in a bar because it's too sweet. You'd have to have two or three people share this with you. It's a perfect dessert after dinner, after the fire, with a, with you know, with some kind of a dessert. You know, creme brulee, you know, is a sweet dish as a dessert, and it, it doesn't disappoint. It delivers tons of flavor. But to have to drink this <laughs> bomber bottle of it is uh, it's a daunting task. Even if you were just going to have two people try to do it, it um, when I went, I, I visited this brewery a couple years ago. Little tour of uh, upstate New York, hit the uh, Oma Gang Brewing and the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. And on the way there, we stopped by Southern Tier, and I was very fortunate to get a tour. Uh, loved the brewery, loved the people there, great atmosphere. They actually brew a lot of hoppy beers. And they're kind of known for that. But this is one of my favorite ones. They brew this and the other one, Mocha. They brew another beer called Mocha that is more chocolatey. Chocolate. It's very, very good. Um, I guess that's my only complaint is I wish they would put 12-ounce bottles of this because even a 12-ounce bottle to share with two people would be sufficient. Delicious. Great aroma. God, it smells so good. And it's... it's you know, a lot of people say it could accompany dessert. I think it's a dessert on its own. Yeah, I'm going to go on ahead and agree with you here. filling. I would not need food with this. So this is a dessert in, in a glass. We can float out of this beer. Put a scoop of ice cream in it. Just saying. Oh, it just smells sweet. I said it was coal black originally. Now that I'm looking at it, there's a little... It is slightly, you know, opaque. You can... If you look at an angle through the glass, you can see through it. But if you look completely through the glass, it's black. But it's not cold black like... So, in my opinion, this is one of these beers that... I know I've had it quite a few times, I'm sure, that just ends up becoming a style unto its own. It's so distinct. There's so few of them out there, but yet it's such a recognizable flavor. And I enjoy that about this brand. I think in a blind taste test, I could pick this out in a second. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever had, I don't think I have had anything that ever that tastes like this. This is definitely its own. 
And there's times where I just I'm at the store or I'm at the little corner store by my house. Yo, Doug, I'll say this and Polar Nights. Put them in the same categories. You know when you're tasting this beer. Yeah, you won't forget Polar Nights. It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's one of those, those uh, you know, it's a, it's a creme brulee stout. We know of another creme brulee stout, which is off the charts. And I could put them side by side, and I know I could taste the difference between them. But just the fact that this beer is, is so distinctive, it's, in my mind, become a category of its own. Yeah, I can definitely pick up, I can just imagine a, a chef at table side with his little torch and, and caramelizing the sugar that's been poured on top of this little bowl of custard, you know, and making me some creme brulee. And I, I take a sip of this beer and close my eyes, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, wow, I just had a spoonful of that dessert. Sound good? <laughs> that sounds really good, yep. And, I mean, I don't get uh, really coffee with this, and we do know of another creme brulee that is made with coffee uh, that's fantastic, an imperial stout. Yeah, it's distinctive. You're right. I'll agree 100%. And I'm with John on the, the bottle size. I mean, if it came in a 12-ounce bottle, it'd be ideal to share two people a 12-ouncer. But a 22-ouncer, you know, you, you want to have, you know, four people and everybody get a, a good sip. I say cheers to Southern Tier on this one. Oh, 100%. Yep. Yes. If anybody gets a chance to go to the brewery, it's in upstate New York. It's probably, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half from Buffalo to the east and probably, uh, yeah, pretty much to the east. Um, it's near Jamestown, New York. Fortunately for me, my wife was happy to find the uh, Lucille Ball Museum, <laughs> like in the next town over or right next, within like five miles of the brewery. Oh, so she dropped me off and uh, I was able to do the tour and she got to do a little sightseeing and I actually ended up going back with her to the Lucille Ball Museum. But so, I kind of like the Desi Arnaz when they showed all his wardrobes because he was pretty stylish. So what you're but, saying uh, is yeah, when I go nice to New York and I see the name Southern Tier, I should buy it. Yeah, you can fight it here very easily. Yes, I picked this up, no problem, yesterday, right off the shelf. I'd be interested in tasting a barrel-aged version of this. This is the kind that lends itself to, you know, put a little oak char on it and some wood wood influence and age and see what happens. That would be awesome. Wonder I don't if know they if they do. just don't get it here. I don't know if they do one. For instance, the Zoka Vesa we had... I didn't mention earlier that, you know, they do do a, uh, a barrel-aged version of that, one in uh, bourbon barrels and also one that's done in uh, tequila barrels. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Imagine that. We've that, had some tequila barrel beer tequila on barrel. here. Uh, Mexican golden hot flame. Hot from flame. Uh, tequila. Name's a little hazy. We've done a lot of beers at this point. Yeah, yeah. That was golden <laughs> flame from White Flame Brewery. <laughs> that was yours. That's right. Good call, Doug. Well, we are going to start with our beer of the week. The beer of the week is always uh, each beer nut selects one beer that we've had tonight that is their favorite. This week is going to be a tough, difficult. damn choice. Not for me. <laughs> well, uh, Chris, well, do you need more time or can we start with you? you make me go first. Uh, if you need make more time, go first. let's go with Pete because he's already dead set on what he wants. I am. I'm going to go straight to Zocaveza from Stone. Um, you know, that combination of, of cocoa and cinnamon and nutmeg and coffee and vanilla and peppers. I mean, what a what a potpourri of flavor. And, and I can't wait to just share it with my family and my friends at the Christmas dinner coming up this year. So uh, if you can get this Stone's Okaveza out there in the listening uh, audience, I recommend it. Get out there and get it in your life. Hey, we have one vote for Stone's Okavesa uh, Dugout. How about you next? Boy, everything was just really outstanding. Um, some more than others, but uh, 
I think uh, it started when I kicked off the show, when I kicked off the first beer that came to my mind when I heard of a Mixed Nuts podcast, and I got to pick my beer, and the first thing I picked was Humalubalicious, and I'm just going to stick with that. No surprises so far, because we each got to pick things that we liked, but uh, Chris, I'm going to make you go next. Oh, make me go next, huh? All right, well... I'm looking at all these. I'm going with uh, the uh, man. I had to take. Talk. I had to take it's another sip tough. of that. Ah, oh. Lupa, Ryclops, Edmund Fitzgerald, Zopavisa, Hipster Brunch, and Creme Brulee. Oh, man. Oh. He's See, agonizing. Do it. Just do it. Pick it. Uh, I'm going uh, uh, Southern Tier. Ah, Southern yeah. Tier Creme Brulee. Creme Brulee. So we have three votes, and once again, I come down to be the tiebreaker. But you know what? I had my mind made, um, and I'll be the one that it wasn't the beer that I brought or that I had suggested, because uh, I was going to go with Hipster Brunch, but Hipster Brunch, uh, as good as it is, I think it needs some more time to age. I think it's you know uh, it's a beer that will sell her, and I think it's just too cinnamon right now. I think the cinnamon will... I don't want to say fade, but I think it'll blend in and meld with the rest of the flavors. And I think in six months, this is going to blow your socks off. Um, but as they drink right now, I think I would uh, have to vote for Zopalisa. I'm a big fan of Stone Brewing. Um, I love what they've done. And the other thing that puts that gets my vote is that it was a home brewer that was able to uh, that Stone gave a home brewer an opportunity. Uh, in, the, in their contest, and it was so well received that now it's one of their regular, you know, annual offerings. So, for those reasons, uh, I am going to cast the deciding vote for Stone Zokovica. So, our beer of the week is: Do we have a drum roll? This year's, this year, the first beer of the week of 2016 is Stone Zokovica. Oh, and appropriately right. says right on the, the bottle for the holidays and the new year. Hey. So congratulations, uh, Stone Brewing. You are a beer of the week. Zokovica. Now it's time to pick our brewery of the week. But you know what we're going to do this time? Since it's a new year, we're going to pick a brewery of the year for 2015. It oh. has nothing to do with the beers we've tasted tonight. I'm going to ask each of you to uh, pick any brewery that stood out to you. Whether it was uh, beers we had on the show, beers you had outside the show. It's wide open. Everybody might need a moment to collect their thoughts. So I'm looking at a half-full bottle of Hipster Brunch, and I'm going to take a hit of that while I contemplate what my brewery of the year is for 2015. Does anybody have their mind made up that would like to vote on it? I do. I do, too. Okay. Doug out. You chimed in first. So. It's, it's Coonan Brewery out of Warren, Michigan, who just... They're a quirky, fun little place. It's small. They're building a production facility. So right now they're really, really local. But soon to come, you will be able to find Coonan beer. But I'll tell you what, man. Any given day, you walk into that place, and there are at least five to ten different great beers on draft. Uh, They're very innovative. They do wonderful things. They do make phenomenal meads as well. Um, But... You know, they've got some flagship brands. Their Drippa Double Rice IPA is just off the charts. Uh, I'm hoping that makes it to bottle. I kind of have a feeling it will. Here's my question. Do they serve food? Well, 
<laughs> no. Um, and yes. I mean, they have to take some... the girlfriend there under the guise of a date. Hey, well, let's go get let's go get some. Does lunch. she like popcorn? <laughs> well, there's always popcorn, and then they have cheese and crackers that you can buy behind the bar. But this, uh, she does like both of those things and if beer. You go in the evening. Pretty much every evening, they have a food truck that pulls up. Gotcha. So you, yes, also, you can get food. Do they serve it? Heard. No. <laughs> Would you want them to serve it? No. Go there and find it out. Find out. It's just um, go there it's for the a beer. quirky place, but yeah, you go there to drink beer. Big long tables and fills up with. It's right by the uh, GM Tech Center, so lots yeah. of lots of people come in there. Just all kind of ages and walks of life, and it's really a cool, interesting it place. GM Tech Center is how I lived inside and ate food as a child. So uh, I have to go check it out. I'm familiar with the area. Okay, well, we have one vote for Conan Brewery as our 2015 Brewery of the Year. So, Uncle Pete, you may go next. Yeah, what I fear in this category, John, is is uh, it's probably going to be, I bet all four of us draw. have our own choice, right? So it'll yeah. be a draw all around. But anyway, I'm going to go with Black Rocks Brewery in Marquette, Michigan. And uh, we talked about this on a prior episode. Uh, this is in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan on uh, beautiful Lake Superior, and uh, you know the UP, the Upper Peninsula is is just a wild, uh, beautiful, uh, forested, you know, native land up there. And they make some beers up there at Black Rocks, the Coconut Brown. They got the 51K IPA. The brewery itself is uh, converted home. You know, it's kind of right in a, in a residential area. It's just got character. You pull up. You know you're in the north country when the, the fence around the property is made out of skis. You go inside this place and you can go upstairs or sit downstairs. Uh, it's got a lot of personality. I think dugout, you've been there. It's it's fantastic. And I, I would love to go back there. Every time I go to the UP, if I'm passing through Marquette, that's going to be my stop. Well, I have to say. Great choice. I have to say by both of you guys uh, that I haven't been there and I'm dying to go now because I've heard such great things. I also got to love any brewery that puts an English barley wine in a can. That Nomus is very good that they produce. That's right. Like 51 Ks a home run. The Black Rock Stout is great. So that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Uh, but let's move on to Chris. For me, it's just a, a a brand I've been turned on to by you gentlemen that just, it seems like every beer I've had, they put great care into the ingredients, into making the beer. It's Founders. I'm new to the game, but the, the brand you guys have exposed me to, like every... It, you guys recently said they they recently acquired like you know bigger distribution. I hope it doesn't go down some of the routes I've heard you said other beers have gone down because it just every beer I've had seems it's like they use top notch ingredients. Seems like they take their time to do it, and it seems to be right now. It, Founder seems to define to me what craft beer is, or at least they're they're setting the standards of of what f- to judge by. Okay, we we do have three That's some great great comments three on different that brewery. breweries. All of them were. More than worthy. I'm also a big fan, Founders fan, as ever, as you all well know. Backwoods Bastard is my favorite all-time beer. Uh, if I was on a desert island with a week to live, I would ask for an unlimited supply of Backwoods Bastard before anything else. But I'm not going to vote for Founders as Brewery of the Year because I have to agree with Dugout. Every time I go to Coonan, it's just like I'm a kid in the candy store. Uh, my 
there's a, a glow about me. Uh, I love their beers. Uh, I wish I could get my hands on more fourth dementia. The 4D is uh, out of this world. It's uh, unfortunately, it's very, very difficult to get any. Summer solstice or winter solstice is coming up. Although by the time of this airing, it will be over. So there will be some more made available. I'm very pleased that they have the production facility almost completed and that by this time next year, we might be able to buy Double Rice IPA in stores uh, and some of their other flagships. 4D is phenomenal. Probably my favorite beer. Uh, definitely my favorite beer from them. I, I developed a keezer for my homebrew. Uh, most of you, those of you who don't know, a keezer is a freezer that you convert into a kegerator, so we call it a keezer. And when I designed this thing, I devoted one tap to be just for Conan beers, and specifically for Conan Creme Brulee Java Stout. Yummy. And Uncle Pete and I cheated tonight. We did have one of those because I have a keg of it on tap. I called for eight weeks in a row until they had some, and as soon as they had it, I ran up and got a keg. It's uh, a phenomenal beer and a phenomenal brewery, and there's releases come and go, and I go to some and I don't go to others, but if I'm in town and there's a Coonan release, you bet I'm going to be there. Yeah, it's not a national brewery, and most of our listeners probably have no access to their beer, but pretty soon that'll that'll improve as the production facility opens and they're able to... Kbrewery.com. I'm on it right now. So, without any further ado, our Brewery of the Year for 2015... This gets another drum roll. <laughs> Actually, do you, why don't you just play like Shout of the Devil or something? <laughs> <laughs> all right. It doesn't have to be a drum roll. All right. Well, without further ado, you've heard enough. Our 2015 Brewery of the Year is Coonan Brewery from Warren, Michigan. Cheers, Coonan. Cheers to Coonan. Here's hoping. I guess some more 4D, some more uh, Creme Brulee Java Stout, some more Drippa, some more of everything. Let's say here's hoping a year That's from now, more people will know who Coonan is. They certainly will, and uh, I, I I find it kind of ironic that we started the 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 show out with the references to Cheers and kind of a local place and mm-hmm. where people know each other's names, and Coonan is certainly a, a kind of place like that. You guys got a lot of beer. Well, we're really lucky to be close to them. So before we end this uh, episode, I would like to just say one more uh, category. Is a, we always ask to see, did we have a well of the week this year, this week? Oh, I think we did. Yeah. I think, did too. I think that uh, Hipster Brunch probably qualifies for a well of the week. Not just because it's hard to get, because it's it's really good, and it, it, it's not even in its prime yet. It's uh, I think six six to twelve months of aging. This is going to be a whale, and it already tastes phenomenal. So our whale will be. Any other uh, comments? I agree. I agree. Yeah, just agreement from me too. I mean, it's this stuff in about six to eight months is just going to blow your socks so, off. So save a bottle from tonight. We'll drink it a year from now. We'll talk about it. That's right. Uh, we'll have some. We'll have some. So our Whale of the Week is Hipster Brunch Stout from Oddside Ales. So that about wraps it up for this uh, Mixed Nuts version of Beer Nuts. We didn't really have a script tonight. We just kind of going off uh, speaking from the heart, so to speak. Did everybody have a good time? Yeah, we each, we each brought two beers and winged it. That was great. Yeah, it's nice to have to read a beer style or, you know, talk about anything that's cloying or, you know, too bitter or... 
Hey, one anyway. of the things we like to say here is there's no right or wrong. We just went with everything that we knew was right and uh, kicked around a couple ideas, kicked around a few things, brought in a couple surprises. But, hey, that's what makes this stuff fun. That's right. Good yeah. times. All right. Well, anybody else have any closing comments for this uh, first edition of Mixed Nuts? Well, I mean, as always, this is where I jump in. I thank everybody who's downloaded, who has followed us on Twitter, at Beer Nuts Podcast on Twitter. Growing by leaps and bounds every week. Thank you to everybody who has followed, downloaded, listened, told a friend. I mean... You're all in the craft beer community. That's how you work anyway. So make sure we're doing that with the podcast. Hey, go to michiganbeerguy.com. Click on win this glass. Win the glass I drink out of every week. Not the actual glass. It's gross. But, you know, a replica of the glass I drink out of every week. It's the michiganbeerguy.com tulip glass. You know, always, too, tweet us what tweet at Beer Nuts Podcast with what you're drinking. You know, maybe we uh, you'd like us to hit on something that maybe you have a, a beer that you think is great and we've been ignoring it and you're going, what the hell, guys? Let's go. Just tweet at Beer Nuts Podcast. Uh, show us what you're drinking and uh, maybe we'll review it. Other than that, uh, JR, believe you have the sign on, yeah. sir. Yeah, one last thing is, hey, we're from Michigan and I know we talk about some beers you might not have in your area, but please let us know about what you have. There's a Coonan brewery, similar brewery to Coonan near you. Let's tell us about it. And we, you know, we, we won't hesitate. We'll have you on the show if you want to come on. So in lieu of that, uh, thanks for joining us. So as we say in old Mexico City, Amigos. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening Christopher Media let's make some noise thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net